Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. We're going to have a wonderful, wonderful show. Ooh, I see people already hopping on the Facebook Live. Uh, Nicola, thank you so much. Uh, glad you could join us today. It was wonderful talking to you on the phone yesterday. Patty and Sarah, welcome. Uh, Stephen, oh, they're just piling on. Um, thank you for tuning in. And also, I'm, I'm not just on Facebook Live today. I, I uh, you know, thought I would give Twitter a try back again. Haven't been doing a Twitter broadcast in ages. So uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Sam. Leibowitz. Um, so we've got an interesting show today. Got a great, uh, fascinating guest uh, on the line. Ooh, Keith. Okay, Keith, I won't forget you. I see you there on, on the Facebook Live. Thank you, Keith. I don't see everybody. Somehow they don't show me. Andre, welcome. Um, so we're going to start off, of course, as we do. Oh, wait, before I start off with my quotes of the day, I, I do have um, uh, uh, some condolences and some heartfelt um uh, uh, thoughts to go out to uh, fellow host Tony Martinetti, um, who will not be in tomorrow, but his father-in-law uh, passed away l uh, very suddenly last week. And, you know, uh, uh, my hosts are like family to me. So, um, you know, we were all, uh, 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 we were all keeping a, a good thought in mind for Tony and his wife, Amy, and, and the whole family and hope that they're they're doing well. Um, he, he won't be in the, uh, tomorrow, but he will be back next week. So um, definitely wanted to send out condolences to him. All right, let's get going um, on the, our quotes of the day today. And Patty, our, one of our, uh, our um, regular listeners, loyal fans, is, is definitely on today. Wonderful, Patty. Thank you for being here. Okay. So let's see what uh, the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. Ooh, and Bahar just joined us. Thank you, Bahar. In the time that it takes you to read this short note, you could have planted a new image in your mind, anything you like, ideally with an emotional charge. I could have reacted, realigning planets, people, and the sort, and the floodgates would have begun trembling violently as we've been drawn infinitely closer to manifesting that vision you've chosen. Fortunately, there's still time. Hot dog, the universe. Aha, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Um, always uh, cheering us on, reminding us of some of these important aspects of life in the universe and the way things work always with a sense of humor i really enjoy them so yes in the time it took me to read all that not just me but you guys know you too could have been conjuring up in your mind some new image some new vision something that just uh, inspires and lights you up and causes you to go, oh my God, like this is something I truly want to manifest in life. And if you did it with some emotion behind it, like the emotion of love, joy, excitement, passion, that really helps. That really makes a big, big difference. And so it doesn't take very long. It really doesn't. And it's a wonderful way to start our day. It's a wonderful way to just, you know, wherever you have an opportunity to sit back at the beginning of your day and just envision that day. How do you want that day to go? What wonderful things do you want to happen? or the week, or the month, or the year, or maybe there's a specific project that you're just dying to get off the ground, you know, let's start with envisioning it. I remember just talking about this the other day on a call, that when we, we take the time to just line up our energies by, by placing this vision, by using our imagination to, to sort of pre-create what it is we want to bring into being, it just makes everything flow much smoother. Now, this does not mean that we still do not have to 
put effort and take action and maybe take a lot of action. No, of course not. We have to do that. Right? That that that's a part of life. That's a fundamental aspect. We 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 all have to contribute and have to take action towards whatever our vision is. The thing that I think sometimes people forget is that if we just take a little bit of time, it doesn't even have to be a lot of time, just a little bit of time to think about, to envision, to use our creative imagination to, to put out that picture into the universe before we start taking all that action, it's like the grease on the wheels. It's, it's, it's the water on the, on the water slide. It just makes everything go smoother and easier and and, and it lines up our, our being so much more. Now, does this mean that if, if we can take more time that we shouldn't? No, absolutely. I mean, the longer that you can spend meditating, focusing on, envisioning. Um, I mean, just to give you a, a little example, like let's say, let, let's just say you, you want to create some kind of community center, right? So maybe you walk around your neighborhood or travel around your town, your city, wherever you are, and look for what looks like the perfect building in the perfect neighbor in the perfect place. And just stare at that building and just think in your imagination, oh my God, I would put this on the first floor, that on the second floor, and we'd use the basement for this, and we'd do that, and we have this kind of sign, and this is what the logo would look like, we'd use these colors, and just play with yourself. And you may be thinking, yeah, but like, uh, you know, it's going to be years before, before I have all the resources and it's going to take time and this and that. does not matter. And it doesn't even matter if that's the actual building that you end up doing it in. It's just a way of, 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 of making concrete our vision and getting into all the little juicy details. Because when you get into those juicy details, that's when... Oh, that's when we really activate the emotion and the energy behind what it is we want to create. So what do you want to create? As a matter of fact, if uh, I see uh, Rome, Cole, and Maria uh, joined us on the Facebook Live, if you guys want to comment on the Facebook Live and just type in, you know, what it is, what, what comes to mind as a vision for something you want to create and what you're doing to potentially actualize it. And Cole says, imagination is creation and actualization. Just follow the feeling. Ooh, very good, Cole, of course. And Cole, you and Ta have to connect with my friend Carrie Hummingbird in, in Austin. I know you've met her because I was talking to her recently and I was like, I know people in Austin. And she's like, really, who? And I go, Ta and Cole. And she's like, I know them. So you guys definitely connect with her. She's awesome. I think she's on a pilgrimage right now to Mexico, but uh, in the next week or two when she comes back, reconnect with her. She's awesome people. Okay, wonderful. So a great quote from the universe. I hope uh, it uh, uh, is something that you can use throughout the day. Um, okay, and let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. Oh, this is an interesting one. Gender identity is inconsequential from an energy standpoint. In other words, when we view anything that is physical, we see the energy of it, and we note that the energy of what you call male and female is equal in all things. Abraham. Ah, that's a good one. Um, and actually, this is something that I, I blogged about a couple of weeks ago. And by the way, guys, if you have not yet signed up, for our newsletter, please go to talkradio.nyc and sign up for the newsletter because I do write a blog. You know, the newsletter goes out twice a week. There's a blog in there twice a week. Uh, and, you know, I really just allow things to pour through me, just what's going on in my life, things that come to me. And so I talked about this idea of masculine and feminine in a blog a couple of weeks ago, how really, you know, we have these tendencies to think like, oh, I'm a guy, so I'm masculine, and there's a woman, so she's feminine. But no, that's not the way life works. You know, like the yin-yang symbol, right? It, it, it's the, the, a circle, which means it's whole, one complete thing, black on one side, white on the other side, but on each side, if it's a proper yin-yang symbol, in the black, there's a little dot of white, and in the white, there's a little dot of black, because within 
masculine this feminine, within feminine this masculine. And that we all, 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 all of us have the energy or the aspect of masculine and feminine within us. All of us. One may be much more dominant than the other, but that does not mean we do not have both. And it also does not mean that just because we're born in the body of a guy does not mean that we do not maybe have more feminine energy than guy. And this does not mean you're gay. This does not mean you're transsexual. It just is about the, the quality of the energy that is within you. And that comes from many different things. It comes from our genes. It comes from our environment, how we're raised, our experiences in life. It comes from a lot of things. Oh, thanks, Louise. Louise agrees with me. Um, and, and Mark, it's good to see you on the Facebook Live. Really get a lot of people today. Thank you for tuning in. Um, so this, this dance of masculine and feminine, it, or, you know, I sometimes think of it as more active or passive, right? We, we just have a tendency to think of, like, you know, if you go back to the original archetypes, like, like go back to the Greek and Roman mythology, you know, the masculine energies, the, the, the bolder, more, you know, exploratory, um, more active energies versus the feminine energies, which are more, more passive, more receiving, um, more nurturing kinds of energies. They're there. They're, they're there in all of us. It does not matter uh, you know, what your orientation is. does not matter how you identify yourself. does not matter who you say you are. It does not matter the name you're born with. We all have these energies. And as we learn to work with these energies, both of them, we learn to dance between them and use the appropriate energies in the appropriate situation. Sometimes we need to cultivate more masculine energies when we're in an appropriate situation, when we need to be a little more direct, maybe when we need to be a little stronger, when we need to push through something. And there are times when maybe we need to cultivate more of the feminine energies, maybe when we're building a relationship with someone, maybe, you know, if we're a manager or, or we work with people and, and they, they're having a hard time with something and maybe we need to nurture them a little bit. We can do that and still be men, okay? It's not, they're not uh, exclusive, they're not contradictory, they are complementary, which means they are appropriate for different situations and different circumstances, okay? Ooh, these are two really interesting quotes for today and, and you know, kind of different. Um, so I, I hope you enjoyed them. I, I, I thought they were great. And, uh, you know, normally I say very apropos for our guests, and I guess these are in some way, but um, I'm going to bring on our guest. He's on the line today from California, and uh, I'm going to bring him on uh, after we come back from these messages. So don't go anywhere. I see you guys. You're watching. Stay tuned. You're, on, you're listening on talkradio.nyc. Do not go anywhere. We will be right back after this short break. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Me Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're, We're your digital, digital connectors. connectors. Woo hoo! <laughs> <laughs> Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. Um, thank you all for tuning in and joining us right here on talkradio.nyc, on Facebook Live. And of course, the podcast goes out. You know, did you guys know, like, I'm on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and like all over the place. I've, I've you know, it's been. A, been around for a while. SoundCloud, you can find me. So please uh, spread the word. Please help me get the word out there. Okay, well, now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome psychologist and author Dr. Kirk Schneider. Dr. Schneider is an internationally renowned psychologist and author. He is the recent past president of the Society for Humanistic Psychology of the American Psychological Association. He's a council member of the APA for the Society for Humanistic Psychology, president of the Existential Humanistic Institute, and adjunct faculty at Saybrook University and Teachers College, Columbia University. Dr. Schneider has published over 200 articles, interviews, and chapters, and has authored or edited 13 books. He's the author of the recently revised book, The Spirituality of Awe, Challenges to the Robotic Revolution. He is also the author of the best-selling Existential Humanistic Therapy, as well as Awakening to Awe, Personal Stories of Profound Transformation and the Polarized Mind, Why It's Killing Us and What We Can Do About It. And it is my pleasure to welcome him to the Conscious Consultant Hour. How are you doing today, Dr. Schneider? I'm doing well, Sam. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I always like to start off with just a little teeny bit of background. Um, what got you interested in uh, becoming a psychologist? My brother's a psychologist, so you know I, I have an affinity for psychologists. Well, it's a long story, uh, which I can't go into the details of. But uh-huh. uh, uh, I would say that it really began in childhood. Uh, my father was a humanistic educator. Oh. And... Uh, so he surrounded uh, surrounded me and our family with uh, articles and books by people like uh, Abraham Maslow and oh. Carl Rogers, uh, Rollo May. And in a sense, I grew up with these people oh. <laughs> from a small child. Wow. And uh, so that certainly was a, a, a big part of it, uh, my growing intrigue with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say that... Uh, uh, early childhood tragedy uh, had uh, quite a bit ah. to do with it, too. I, I, uh, when I was about two and a half years old, my uh, seven-year-old brother died of uh, complications of uh, chicken pox and uh, pneumonia. Wow. And uh, this caused a <clears throat> great upheaval in my life and sure. certainly my, my parents' sure. life. In the family, and, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's amazing how many... Uh, yeah, shook, it, shook things up and kind of oriented me on a whole whole different path than yeah, absolutely. kids would be on. Yeah, it, it it's really never ceases to amaze me how people who end up becoming some of the best healers of, of all different varieties are, are usually people who've had some great tra- tragedy or, or some great challenge in their life that they personally needed to heal from and and sort of their healing work ended up being an outgrowth of sort of their own journey to heal. I think that's very true. Mm. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. So um, I want to get to the spirituality of awe, but I always like to sort of define our terms so we know exactly Mm -hmm. what we're talking about. Because um, you've also, you wrote Awakening to Awe, The Spirituality of Awe. What do you yeah. mean by awe? Well, I define it as the humility and wonder mm. or sense of adventure toward living. Mm. Uh, in other words, the sense of awe brings up a sense of our smallness mm-hmm. before the vastness of nature and the cosmos. And at the same time, <clears throat> it also opens us to the the possibilities of of that vastness. Mm. So it, it's got a, a very humbling element. It, it makes us aware of our vulnerability, our, mm. our fragility, um, and some certainly anxiety mm-hmm. and some trepidation about. Mm. Uh, the life process about the, the unknown, mm-hmm. which is 
so much of the context, it seems to be, of our day-to-day lives, although we often suppress it. And yet that very unknown and that mystery uh, can be uh, not just intriguing, but but actually fascinating and and uplifting in many Mm -hmm. ways, because it, it gives us a great deal of range to imagine, to wonder, Mm. Uh, to to venture out and mm-hmm. reflect on, yeah, and uh, so it's this this I find fascinating combination of a uh, sense of uh, as I say our humbleness or humility about life. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's so much more right. than us, and at the same time our capacity to venture into it. Mm. Uh, through thoughts, feelings, sensations, uh, imaginings, what, what curiosity. Cul- what, what, what cultivates awe in you? Like I know for myself, if I'm in a beautiful scene in nature and there's like a gorgeous sunset and the colors yes. are so vibrant, like that to me it like just causes awe in me. Yes. What about for yourself? Well, that certainly is, uh, is something that brings up awe for me. Uh, I mean, generally, I, I, I like to feel that it's accessible at any moment mm-hmm. because it's, it's more of a sense of connection right. with something greater than myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I really even try to practice uh, tuning into the sort of the bigger picture of living. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, we don't often think about it, but Right now, we we are we seem like we're having a just an ordinary conversation, uh, you know, in a in some room that we're in, mm-hmm. but we're actually attached to a ball that is whirling around the sun <laughs> at sixty-seven thousand miles per hour, right. which is nested in a galaxy that's hurtling through the universe at one point two million miles per hour, yeah. a destination that's completely unknown. Right. Right. So uh, it, it's, it's sort of a, a lot to do with perspective. If I can get that sense of perspective mm-hmm. of the larger picture of, of this incredible journey that we're all on, almost like on a spaceship together, mm-hmm. um, it, it helps to, to lift me out of the, the sort of narrow and petty identifications that we all have mm-hmm. every day. Right. You know, it's, they're often you know, critical or judgmental, but they, they're, they're really quite inconsequential often in comparison to the, the sort of gift that we have of this this incredible journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that, that's definitely part of it. I also, in my book, The Spirituality of Awe, I talk about my experience actually at Columbia University, which isn't oh. far from you. No, not at all, not at all. Um, and uh, to me, it, it, was a, it was a very special experience and, and a lot of it's mysterious. I, I don't know quite why I felt such a deep connection with uh, Teachers College in Columbia. I mean, part of it certainly was that my, my father actually had visited there when I was a very small child mm-hmm. uh, for uh, some, like, uh, workshop, educational workshops. So I had early exposure, and uh, my father was born and raised in Brooklyn and the Bronx, so I, I also... Yay, the Bronx. occasion to visit New York. Ah. But uh, th- there's something about when, when I first came on campus to do a, a summer s- session on, on existential therapy, um, I was so struck by low library and um, mm. I think it's uh, Burke Library is the, the one across from mm-hmm. it. Uh, the, the sense of seriousness about uh, our Western roots, mm-hmm. our, our roots in great philosophy and mm-hmm. uh, inquiry, mm-hmm. and uh, the the uh, letters inscribed uh, on uh, on the library <coughs> outside. The words uh, Homer, uh, Demosthenes, uh, Aristotle, etc., in huge letters, was very powerful t- for me. It was almost like a, a, a 
pilgrimage of some kind. Yeah. Uh, sort of a, a, a coming home for you to to this uh, very reverent uh, academic place. Yes, yes. And, and I recall when I went into the rotunda, I think in the Lowell Library, and I saw the statuary of the great Greek philosophers and, and similar depictions. And I remember seeing a man uh, almost... Uh, prostrate himself <laughs> got got on one knee <laughs> and uh, you know just beheld this this scene uh, uh, again which was was very powerful uh, to me the the spirit of inquiry uh, is probably as powerful as uh, you know the spirit of of religiosity for mm-hmm. for other people mm. or or a, a low libraries an equivalent of a temple or a, a church for mm. other people. So it's, it sounds like, you know, you have a, a very strong personal relationship to this experience of Haw. Yes. Um, and, and I want to get to spirituality. I just want to ask you a quick question about a, Awakening to Awe. Was Awakening to Awe sort of the first book that you wrote about Awe? No, actually, I wrote a book called Rediscovery of Awe. Ah, okay. Splendor, Mystery, and the Fluid Center of Life. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2004. Awakening to Awe was 2009. Okay. So what got uh, you started? So that Rediscovery was my first one, and that's uh, more of a philosophical discussion mm-hmm. of the, the importance of awe in philosophy and psychology mm-hmm. so, and so, uh, in, in our everyday living. So I'm just curious, like, was there something that got you, and we just have like about a minute and a half before we go to break, was there yes. something that that kind of inspired you to say, like, I need to write about this, that I need to, you know, l- l- open up the discussion and, and expose other people to this sort of concept of awe? Well, it's been brewing, you know, it's been brewing a long time in, in my soul, so to speak. And I, I think I do trace it back to that early loss that I had, mm, okay. which opened me to, you know, just the radical unknown of, of living, and, and at first the terrors of that. Mm. But gradually, and as I was able to deal with it through psychotherapy, mainly, largely, mm-hmm. uh, along with parental help, um, it became more of an opening and an intrigue mm. about my life, others' lives, uh, what this life is about, an attempt, an attempt to um, connect with that and discover what that means okay. for, for my life and our lives. Wonderful. So it's something that was brewing for a long time. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Great. All right. Well, listen, we've we got to take a quick break again. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk about um, the spirituality of awe. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to Denise, Laurie, Tana, Maureen and Harris checking in on the Facebook Live. Wonderful. So listen, folks, on the Facebook Live, please, if you have questions, comments, just type them into the comment section of the video. And maybe, uh, why don't you let me know what, uh, what uh, experiences of awe you've had. Come on, Harris, I know you, you must have had some experiences of awe. What, 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 what cultivates awe within you? And when we come back, we're going to talk about the spirituality of awe, challenges to the robotic revolution. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. You find us here live on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Sam Leibowitz. Or is it S-A-M-W-Y-Z? Forget. Uh, Just just do a search for me on Facebook. You'll find me. Um, So we're talking this hour with Dr. Kirk Schneider, author of the book, The Spirituality of Awe. So let's get into it. Um, uh, this is, uh, the subtitle of this is challenges to robotic revolutions. Why do we need to challenge the robotic revolution? Why is, is this and technology an issue that you as a psychologist feel is something we need to look at? Well, because I'm seeing more and more that the, the world is being shaped by what I call the machine model for living. Ah. Uh, it's, a, it's an efficiency model, and it uh, emphasizes uh, speed, mm-hmm. instant results, mm-hmm. and appearance and packaging. Mm. Um, you could also say sort of quick fix, instant result world that we're in, which is highly facilitated by our devices, our high-tech devices. Right, right. I'm, I'm sure you see it, many of us see people wedded to their foreign screens yeah. <laughs> uh, constantly. And, you know, in a sense, uh, they're really blocking out uh, or not being aware of so much that's going on around them that is, I would say, the, the greatest show on earth is right. uh, what would happen if they just look upward from their foreign screens. Right, right. <laughs> Everybody is, is so busy being social uh, on social media that they forget that uh, we can be social in real life around us just uh, as we walk down the street. I, I always find yes. it so funny, like if you go to a restaurant or a cafe and you see some people sitting there, and, and there could be four people sitting at a table eating together, and they're not talking to each other. All four of them are on their phones. Exactly, exactly. And it's not that that's a terrible, you know, an absolutely bad thing. I mean, I'm not a Luddite, but uh, <laughs> uh, my main concern is that we seem to be moving toward a kind of uh, prefabricated uh, or prearranged uh, world. Mm. and living experience mm-hmm. where everything is regulated and sanitized yeah. Yeah. and so you lose that element of of mystery right. of uh, the, the radically unknown of discovery in right. many ways you can you could lose that because these things happen much more in in naturalistic settings right seems to me like you were talking about before in the forest uh, in the ocean, uh, with with other people, you know, raw person to person, face to face contact. I mean, mm-hmm. what what could be more uh, mysterious and uh, full of, of uh, you know possibilities uh, at so many levels of our of our being than face to face contact and connection. Mm-hmm. So, so besides missing out on that that face to face connection, what other potential sort of damaging effects of being so tied to technology do you see? Well, we're we're seeing it in a number of places. Uh, certainly, uh, there there have been problems with growing problems with uh, t- attention spans mm-hmm. among the youth. So I think it's it's harder for many kids, younger people, to pause and deliberate, uh, or uh, you know, deeply reflect on uh, issues. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, there aren't a lot of bright young people who you know are are certainly very aware and knowledgeable, but. Uh, I do have some concerns about how fully people are immersing themselves uh, in, in problems of the day versus relying on, again, more quick-fix solutions and, and answers to our problems, which might be good in the short run, but in the long run don't really deal with, with a lot of the, the deeper uh, problems that we're beset with. Mm. Um, I think that there are 
issues around empathy. Uh, some of this has you know come up in the research. Right. Um, harder to empathize when you are used to you know kind of quick quick judgments or right. Um, yeah, in this fast-paced world, right, we have to turn on a dime. We have to, you know, make split decisions. And the, and the, the push to be productive and productive and productive um, is, is uh, uh, more and more, puts more and more stress on us. You know, I've, I've kind of been on a little bit of a tirade over the last few months of talking about how, you know, productivity is, is not necessarily in the interest of the individual. It, it may be in the interest of, you know, the company or society, um, but it doesn't always serve the individual. Not that it, it always doesn't serve the individual. Sometimes we have to actually produce and create things, but sort of this overemphasis that if you're not producing and creating and making money on a minute-by-minute minute basis, then you're doing something wrong. Exactly. Uh, and, and we've got a, a comment here on the Facebook Live. Harris says, I happen to agree with Dr. Kirk. As an owner and founder of a technology big data anal analytics company, I see this firsthand and totally agree. There is a lack of connection, face in parentheses, face-to-face. -face. But on the other hand, there is an increased ability to be creative and think outside the box, enabled by emerging technology. So this presents an interesting double-edged sword for society. What do you say to that, Dr. That, Perk? That's true. Um, it's, it's a good point, and we can certainly use our technology for creative purposes. I think this is the big question, though. Uh, what are we able to bring to our devices? Mm -hmm. um, can we maintain our, our great imaginations or capacities to imagine, right. to wonder, right. to create? Or do we become so reliant on our things that uh, we, again, lose that capacity to pause. You really need to be able to pause, to deliberate, right, to reflect right. in order to be creative. And actually, I, I think you, you often need to be in some solitude. Right. I mean, many of the great uh, creators of history have been quite, uh, unfortunately, alienated. But uh, <laughs> on the other hand, they've been uh, alone for you know, good periods of time. They've really struggled and grappled with issues. Right. Be prepared to do this since we're so reliant on quick fixes. Right, right. Yeah, and, and it's kind of a, um, you know, we need to sort of take a step back and take a breath and, 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 and pause sometimes in life to really be able to reflect on our life and look at, like, are we really happy with what we're doing? Um, yeah. Is this really, are we creating the life that we really want to create for ourselves? Exactly. Or are we just, you know, doing what society tells us to do and, and we're just following the norm instead of being true to our hearts? Yeah, two, two really key questions for existential therapy, which is what I practice, mm -hmm. are how are you presently living? And then the second question, which, which often follows from that, after one really takes a, a look at that, is how are you willing to live? Mm. And these questions, these existential questions, take time. Yes. And they're not just intellectual questions. They're, they're not just, right. uh, you know, having, a, just being in your head and making a, a very... Uh, cerebral decision necessarily but they involve one's whole body experience yes yes how are you feeling what are you sensing what are you imagining about your life i mean all these different dimensions of, of our experience are at play right so yeah the, the digitalization of the world could make us highly cerebral and some people actually uh advocate uh, not just the way we're sort of emulating the, the machine model, but uh, advocate becoming machines. And I think that's our yes. ultimate nightmare. Oh. Yeah, I've, I've been reading about some people, you know, getting chips implanted in them and, exactly. and this future idea of like, in order to learn something, they're, they're trying to figure out some like, uh, 
uh, human-computer interface where they can just plug a chip into your brain and download all the knowledge, like in the movie The Matrix. That, exactly. That, that kind of scares me. Well, uh, there's actually a theorist, uh, I believe, at Google and uh, Stanford, named Ray Kurzweil, who oh, Ray, yes. advocates for transhumanism, what he yes. calls transhumanism, which is uh, basically the... Uh, transformation of consciousness uh, based on uh, AI, uh, genetic yes. engineering, nanotechnology, mm -hmm. uh, to the point where we reach what he calls a singularity, where we're no longer able to distinguish between the human and the machine. Yes. He and others who advocate for this really see a lot of good in that because they see a, a, almost a perfectly regulated, peaceable world. Yeah. But the question is, at what price? Yeah, I don't know. There's something about that that, to me, just doesn't feel right. It's not. It, it's not natural. Again, I'm not a luddite either. But it's, it doesn't follow nature. Let me put it that way. It may be an evolution of a type, but mm -hmm. it, it the the and again, you you your the title of your book is the spirituality of awe. And I, I just don't know from a sense of healing and growth. And, you know, sometimes we do need challenges, right? Sometimes the, the, when there's not peace, that's what it takes for us to grow and, and transform ourselves in a, in a new way, in a new direction. Exactly. I would call these the, the, the paradoxes of life. Yes. Uh, to realize that we, we are limited, we are vulnerable, and, and and actually, that is our growing edge. Yes. <laughs> In fact, if we we didn't have these anxieties and these places where we felt uh, somewhat apprehensive, it would probably be a sign that we're no longer, you know, really encountering life. Right. And right. possibility. Yeah, like some people say, it's like our, um, our 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 biggest challenge is our greatest asset. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and just uh, before we go to break, I just want to read, uh, Harris has another comment for you, Dr. Kirk. He said, one example for Dr. Kirk, IT in general, especially computers and mobile phones and other devices, can be isolating for some. However, it can also be a way for many individuals to become connected to others through their devices. Yeah. And, and as an example, people who are physically disabled mm -hmm. and maybe can't get around, they can use technology to connect to others. So it, it is, again, that two-edged sword that it does um, provide us with a new ability to connect. Like I, I have people listening to us right now online, literally around the world in several countries around the world. That's um, a great point. Uh, and, and in that sense, the, they are awesome. And I even say that in the book, that these devices can be awesome. I think the, the issue is, do we use the devices for awesome purposes? Right. Or, uh, uh, do, or do they use us, in a right. sense? <laughs> um, you know, or do we worship them? I think that's really the question. They become the be-all and end-all as opposed to a means. Hmm. Right. You know, to greater growth and, and awe. Right, right. Okay, so um, believe it or not, it's time for us to take the last break of the show. So um, I want you to hold on for a minute. We still got a lot to talk about and not a lot of time. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I'm very, very pleased that everyone has stuck through us through the show. We've got a lot of interaction on the Facebook Live. I really appreciate it. One more. <laughs> this is a long one from Harris. Okay. Uh, he says, here's an interesting thought. Over the past 5,000 years or so, the anatomical brain of humans has not really changed Yet the amount of information now demanded for cerebral functioning within modern society has expanded beyond anyone's comprehension. Whereas we now process information faster as our machines demand faster and faster uh, procession. So intact, the human brain is changing in the manner that it needs to process information, a major cause of stress and increased issues for human interaction and others and their machines. Well, I, I though, uh, Harris will, would take a little bit of an exception to this because uh, at least for the last 20, 30 years after, especially if you read Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind, um, you know, even just this whole study of psychedelics and the, and, and the, the use of things like psilocybin and, and DMT um, to create states of awe, since we're talking about the spirituality of awe, and, and even I've heard that, that many of the um, sort of pioneers of the technology that allowed the internet to be created actually came up with these ideas for these very complex routers and these, and these, and these sort of very complex algorithms and stuff. They actually used LSD and other sort of mind-altering substances to help them to unlock their creativity and to be able to access this. And, and Terence McKenna has his famous uh, um, stoned monkey theory that actually, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of years ago that it was uh, uh, the, the hominoids of the time eating psilocybin mushrooms or some other um, psychoactive plants that actually changed the brain and sort of helped it to jump to do that, that um, punctuated equilibrium and jump a, a step sort of in, in, in evolution. So I'm, I'm not quite sure that's really true that our brains haven't really changed that much in 5,000 years? Well, it's a good, it's a good question. I, I'm not sure about that either. I think with all of these new drug technologies, uh, they potentially are, are great, uh, of great benefit mm-hmm. to us. Uh, for me, the question again is, are they means to an awe-based end, if you will. Right. Or do they right. become ends in themselves? Right. If they become ends in themselves, like any devices, yes. if we over-rely on them, we're going to lose the ability to, uh, to, to cultivate these resources ourselves. Right. Um, just like any muscle that's not used, it, it, can, it begins to atrophy. Yes. And yes. so... Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's why I think the importance of of ritual and and understanding where these things originally come from like help to create that off. As as an example, there's some shamanistic work that I'm um, um, involved in that I've been studying for the last f- uh, five years, and the 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 mission statement for for this group of work is to create moments of awe that engender love for self, others, and the world around us. Wonderful. And, and oh. so like, that's sort of the purpose for doing that kind of work, and especially doing it in a ritualistic manner, is to engender awe 
you know, first for ourselves because th there is such a lack of self-love, self-acceptance, and self-appreciation um, that, that, you know, that's not um, out of balance that's turned into narcissism, but just a, uh, a, an everyday kind of like, yes, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person, I appreciate myself, so then we can show up better for other people and then and kind of help to allow the world to unfold in a more um, conscious manner, I like to say. That's a great point. I mean, if they can open windows to self-acceptance, that's a wonderful thing. Right. And then be cultivated from there. Right, exactly. So I want to ask you, the title of your book, again, is The Spirituality of Awe. So we've talked yes. a lot about awe. What about the spirituality side of things? Why is it the spirituality of awe? Well, I, I define spirituality as basically our relationship to nature or to the cosmos. And uh, I, I think the sense of awe uh, is uh, very much a kind of a cross-cultural sensibility that you can see in most of the great religions of the mm -hmm. world. And it's actually a sensibility that uh, connects uh, many of us from very different backgrounds because yes. of our humanness, right. you know, as these small, fragile creatures before the vastness. Yes. And it's actually at the root of uh, uh, the development of religions uh, from uh, what uh, a number of theorists uh, uh, say or speculate. Uh, our earliest experiences of nature, for example, um, incited a, a sense of both uh, what Rudolf Otto calls mysterium tremendum, or a kind of quaking and quailing and dread before, mm. let's say, uh, thunder or the oceans. Right. Uh, but at the same time, a, a growing intrigue, uh, a wonder, uh, a fascination by this these vast powers that some then went on to posit as God right. and uh, developed a whole set of codes around what that God wanted of us. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that others uh, saw as just part of the amazement of living and actually, I think, led to philosophy, uh, you know, the, the love of wisdom, of right. Socrates' uh, you know, idea of, of wonder, the right. life without wonder is not worth living, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and science, even. I mean, right. the, the root of science is uh, inquiry. Um, so it, it's, it's spiritual in the sense that uh, it connects us with something much greater than ourselves, okay. and that it can involve our whole body experience of that mm. connection, just as people uh, uh, experience religions, or, or many right, right. people experience religions in that way. Right. It's just, it doesn't have to come with the uh, the codes and the uh, let's say the authoritarian sides of religion. Right, right. Well, on a on a good note, um, I did post an article earlier this week from Bonnie Harper, um, president of uh, Startup One Stop, talking about how like Facebook numbers are starting to decline and how people are starting to, uh, in a sense, that you start to be less active on social media and 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 she posits that people are starting to. Uh, get back to old-fashioned, just getting together in real life. So it mm -hmm. seems that the the perhaps, and, and this is just a maybe, I'm not sure the, the sample size, but um, that perhaps the, the pendulum is has sort of reached its maximum on one side when it comes to social media and technology, and, and people are, are, are reminded again of the value of human-to-human -human interaction and starting to, to go back out and, and, and connect with people more and more in real life. Yeah, I, I've heard that and I've seen that as well, and I, I think that is a, a positive trend. We're seeing somewhat of a, a backlash. Yes. And uh, 
it, it makes sense. I mean, yes. humans uh, don't usually stay stuck for too long yeah. without some kind of blowback. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's uh, a struggle. Right. Uh, one thing's for sure, things are always changing. <laughs> All you got to do yes. is wait, wait a few minutes and things have changed. <laughs> So, so, Dr. Schneider, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Oh, likewise. Um, uh, the book, Spirituality of Awe, I know it's available on Amazon and, and booksellers, all the regu- traditional booksellers as well? Well, certainly online. Yes, uh, yes Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble, Noble, et cetera, and okay. uh, University Professors Press. That's okay. the, uh, Wonderful. the publisher. And and if people want to learn a little bit more about you or get in touch with you after the show, maybe they have a question or something, how would they do that? Uh, they can go to my website, uh, mm-hmm. kirkjschneider.com. Ah, okay. So Kirk, K-A-R-K-J Schneider, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R.com. That's right. That's right. And they can go to my media page. Um, uh, well, actually, almost any of the pages have a contact Okay. Uh, area Wonderful. that they can fill out. Wonderful. Be, be glad to connect. Okay. Well, well, thank you so much for such a insightful conversation today, Dr. Schneider. I appreciate your time. Really enjoyed it, Sam. All right. Great. Thank you. All right, and of course, thank you to all of my loyal fans and listeners. Without you, the show uh, is is just not possible. So thank you for tuning in and being with us today. Um, please uh, check out the other shows uh, on talkradio.nyc. We have two shows tomorrow. Follow me Friday at 12 noon, followed by Tony Martinetti, Nonprofit Radio. We'll be replaying his show from last week about engaging subscribers. So if you're in business, it's, it's a good show, even though it's geared towards nonprofits. And, and please sign up for our newsletter. If you go to talkradio.nyc, right there at the top, put in your name and your email address. This way we can keep you up to date when new programs come on the show, when the schedule changes, to read our blog, my blog that I post twice a week. Um, just just go there and, and sign up and, and we'll have all kinds of goodies for you in the future. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for all the comments on Facebook Live. And we will talk to you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 